Hello, this is Phelan, and I had one of my readers give me a wonderful idea to record an audio of Monday Morning Mystic each week. So I am sitting outside in Tucson, and it is nighttime. It's about 10, 17 about, <laughs> and um, if there's any background noise, uh, that's why. So let me just get into it. This week, the title is Turn Your Hazards On. This last week has been one of those weeks which I know will stay with me for a while. The things I found out weren't new, they weren't even that profound, but the way in which I came across them was poignant for me. This week, I'm going to talk about time, which, by the way, is my favorite movie. So let's start with a story. I pulled into the dark dirt road around 7.30 p.m. on a Thursday. Last Thursday, in fact. I had driven over nine hours from Santa Clara to the southern entrance of Joshua Tree National Park. On my way, I had consistently been in the left lane of the highway, zooming past other cars at 85 miles per hour. But now I was driving about 15 miles per hour, carefully picking my way through the rocks, cacti, scrubs, and sand that make up the desert below Joshua Tree. I remembered this spot from four years earlier when I had come to Joshua Tree on a backpacking trip with my school's outdoor club into the wild. That drive had been a mess. First of all, we left in the afternoon for our nine-hour drive. Second, it started pouring around 8 p.m. Third, I wasn't driving, and so I felt out of control. And lastly, I was stuck in the car with a bunch of people who I didn't know when all of my friends were in a different car. I suppose one more thing. I was 18 and was a rather upsettable child. So, back to current day last Thursday. As I pulled into the dirt road, I saw row after row of cars, RVs, trucks, and vans pulled off the road. The moon was new, so it was rather dark. The trucks looked like the eyes of a cat on a dark night from afar. I could see them, but also they could have been imagined. It was in this delirious state that I pulled off the quote-unquote nice dirt road and onto the much shittier quote-unquote road. As I pulled off, I drove around losing track of the quote-unquote road and finding myself off-roading in the desert at night with low visibility. Finally, I found a spot, cooked some grub, set up my tent, brushed and flossed, and curled up in bed to listen to my audiobook. The next morning, I woke up too early to a brilliant red light on the side of my tent. I couldn't see through the fly of my white-gray tent, but the colors of what I presumed were an epic sunrise were coming through anyway. I shot bolt upright, unzipped the door to the tent, and then the fly, and stuck the head of my naked body out of the tent. You might be wondering what I saw, and given how I've set this up, perhaps you think that it was not, in fact, a glorious sunrise, but the floodlights of a demonist car come to purge my soul, or of cops come to arrest me for camping on private land. But no, it was a sunrise, and wow, was it magnificent. After watching the sunrise for a moment, my head awkwardly propped on my left elbow, and my head even more awkwardly stuck outside the entrance to the tent, like a baby crowning in labor before the magnificent ejection into the real world. I rolled back into my bedding and warmth fearful of the cold outside. Whew, what a sentence. Once back inside my covers, I rolled up and pulled my blankets over my head. After ruminating in an oscillating manner for a few more minutes, I finally decided to get up and face the day. So I tore my blankets from my body and immediately regretted it. I touched my hand to my pants to pull them on and found them like ice to my touch. The whole experience was shocking. Eventually, I made it out of the tent and into my car. Oatmeal in my belly and my gear packed away. This is when I, my wonderful morning started to slow itself down. As I pulled away from the road where I parked, I realized that I was actually in a naturally made rain runoff. I didn't see a road anywhere, only a truck in the distance and bushes for miles. 
So, like any courageously naive adventurer, I started to drive. The first thing I remember was looking at the rock in the sand, thinking about the fact that it was pretty big, and then noticing as my front driver's side wheel slowly rolled over the rock. The second thing I noticed was that there was a piece of my car on the dirt where I had, where I had driven away from. I looked at it like a cat owner would look at their paperweight mysteriously on the floor. I knew what it was, but I couldn't comprehend that it wasn't where it was supposed to be. So I got out, picked it up, looked at it intently, and realized that this had been the piece that had been hanging from the bottom of my car in a haphazard way for years now. Finally, I thought to myself, finally, the piece is not a problem anymore. The next part of my story is a little graphic. So if you're a nature lover, like I am, please cover your eyes, or in this case, your ears. I decided in a moment of artistic stupidity to leave that little plastic piece on a rock perched semi-skillfully so that it seemed to fit into the surroundings. Looking back, I have absolutely no idea why I did this, and I didn't simply take it with me to dispose of it in the right way. But I'm not perfect, and this is a mistake I'm willing to make once. Anyway, after leaving my art, in, in parentheses, trash, for the world to love, in parentheses, to last a thousand years in the dirt and ruin the natural scenery, I got back into my car and started to drive again, intent on finding the real road. After 30 seconds of driving, I found out that the road was much closer than I had thought, concealed by a little dirt rim. I had made it. Whew. I started back down the mile or so of bumpy side road to get to the paved side road. As I turned out onto the paved road, I realized that I was drifting toward the left of the road and that there was a horrible noise coming from the front of my car. So it was that I got out, of, out to check my car and found that I had a flat tire. Now, for those of you over the age of 30 or 40, this might not seem like a big deal. Your mom or dad probably showed you how to fix this when you were little. For some reason, all I could think of was my friend Bashoy's viral TikTok video about changing a tire. This shows the generation gap more clearly than most things I could imagine. Some people might have been frustrated in this situation, but coming off a glorious sunrise and a night alone in a tent in nature, I was primed perfectly. I looked at my wheel, shriveled and utterly flat on the dirt beside the road, and laughed. This was exactly what I had needed, a reason to slow down, to come of age once more, to humble myself. More on this in section two in the idea section. Changing a tire alone in the middle of nowhere has always felt like a perfect coming of age story. From boy to man, from kid to adult, from the foolish child who drives off-road in his 2004 Pontiac vibe to the foolish adult who drives slightly more carefully and does the same exact thing. This was my moment of transformation. I got out the spare tire from the back of my car that I didn't even know I had. I looked for a jack, which I found and also didn't even know that I had, and set to work. Eventually, I found myself on the highway heading toward the town of Blythe, exactly 71 miles away. One more mile than you're supposed to drive on a spare tire. I decided to do it anyway instead of going back to where I came from. I set my cruise control to 50 miles per hour, pushed my hazards on, and started the slow crawl to Blythe. This is when I realized how much more clearly I could see the mountains, how much more focus I could spare to watch the views go past, and how all the normal anxiety of driving was gone. I noticed the 16-wheelers passing me easily and didn't mind. My hazards were on and I was allowed to go slow. I was allowed to meander instead of rush. My hazards were on so no one would judge me for going slowly and holding them up. My hazards were on so I was allowed to do what I needed to do drive slow. So that was the story. And here is the big idea of this week. In my eyes, when I turned my hazards on, the rest of the drivers on the highway ignored me. Usually when I'm driving on the highway, I'm stressed and feel the need to get out of that one fast car's way or carefully drive around the person going too slow in the right lane. Turning my hazards on let me do what I needed to do without feeling judged. I realized as I was driving down the highway at 50 miles per hour, that it's much more enjoyable to take my time and watch the view. With my people-pleasing stress and anxiety gone, I was able to be in the present moment. In slowing down, I allowed myself to be more alive and more in my life. 
The cool thing is, is that I realized that we can always have our hazards on because we're always, always, always dealing with shit in life. We can let people know that we had to put a spare tire on because of one of our main ones popped. We are allowed grace in this way. So what does having our hazards on look like outside of metaphor land? It might look like saying no to certain invitations that you receive because you need to take care of yourself. It might look like setting more firm boundaries with your parents or children about the space you need for yourself. Or perhaps you can set an automatic email responder that tells people you're busy after 5 p.m. each day. There are many ways you can set yourself up to slow down by communicating to others that you're not working on their whims or clocks, but on your own. So what else? Another idea that really struck out to me about this experience was that of the spiritual spare tire. This is what gives us a real reason to have our hazards on. Let me explain. Our spare tires are our outdated stories in life. They serve us when something bad happens, but only for a maximum of 70 miles at 50 miles per hour. And we definitely should not drive across the country with them. Our stories are the same. When something traumatic happens in our lives, we react by internalizing that experience and finding some way to move forward anyway. This creates narratives that help us deal with our pain for a time, but they eventually run out of usefulness. It's imperative that we replace our spare tires with new functional tires because otherwise we're going to drive for a bit, our spare is gonna pop, and then we're royally shit out of luck. So here are your options inside metaphor land. Number one, drive your car anyway, ruin your wheel and be constantly veering off the road. This is living life badly and being self-destructive. Number two, pay an exorbitant amount of money to be towed to the nearest town and then buy a new tire anyway. This is, things get so bad that you just need professional help. Or number three, replace your own goddamn tire. So what does this look like outside of metaphor land? Great question. Here's an example from my own life. I've told myself a story for years about my own worth being tied to my output and my income. When I'm not producing content or when I'm not making money, I feel that I'm a less valuable human. This is a story I invented at some point, likely to protect myself from running out of money and living a life of consumption. However, now that I'm on my own path of service and income, this story makes me feel like shit when I have had a bad day. In order to quote unquote change my tire, I need to let go of this spare tire and replace it with a functional belief. A functional belief might be, because I'm trying my best, I am worthy, or even because I'm alive, I am worthy. These tires are much more rugged and I don't risk popping them. We always have our stories that we hold on to. When we slow down and put our hazards on, we let ourselves slow down and start to think about replacing our spares with real tires. The crucial piece is to acknowledge that this is normal and that we're doing it all the time. So we may as well enjoy the process. Enjoy the process of popping a tire, putting on the spare, slowing down with your hazards on, and then getting a new tire. This is a beautiful story of the phoenix, of death and rebirth, and of growth. This is life. At the end of the day, I was short $150, but up a new tire and a few crucial realizations that would change my life forever. I call that a good deal. So today, I'll leave you with this. When you're driving, look around you and look at the world that you're living in. When you're going through your day, look around you and look at the world you're living in. Is this the kind of world that you want to skip and pass by, or is this the kind of world that you want to go through slowly? Clearly communicating that your hazards are on, that you're imperfect, and that you're aware of that. In my opinion, it's much better to live in a world where you're allowed to be you, just as you are and just as you need to be. So. I say this in all my other podcast endings in the Authentic Path podcast, and I'll say it here. Now, today is a great day to be you, to be authentic, and to stay moving forward on your own path. So 
I hope you enjoyed this and give me some feedback. If you want me to do it differently, to add a jingle, whatever you want, uh, I would love to hear from you. Much love. Thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.